0: G'day, everybody, and welcome back to another Sponge Chat. It's been a minute, but um, I'm, I'm here with another one with a very special guest, uh, Rachel Roberts. Um, Rachel is, you know, I consider her the uh, business mindset queen, and I've heard it used around the, uh, the internet a few times. And for good reason. Um, she's very, very active within the sort of the EOT freelancers community. Uh, in fact, she runs the EOT freelance conferences and things like this. Um, and one of her goals is to, to help freelancers, you know, achieve their potential. Um, she's also a materials writer, she's, she's, she's written course books, she's written loads of stuff, um, and I was lucky enough to sit down with her and talk about two elements. So we looked at both business and mindset, and I've kind of combined them into business mindset one, but she did, she did make the distinction that they are different in a sense. Um, so in this panchette in this uh, we did look at the, the world of freelancing um, and we focused mainly on, on, on advice for freelancers um, and these centred on things really to, to take into account before one starts um, but then also uh, while you are freelancing some of the things to consider uh, such as workload, stress, um, taking breaks, these sorts of things. So um, I do think this is an important sponge chat for those of us that are in the world of, of freelancing, whether it's freelance materials writing or starting your own business, um, running your own academy or running your own mini publishing house, whatever it is within the world of language teaching. Um, there are many takeaways uh, from this sponge that I think will be uh, right for you so anyway I'm looking forward to hearing your comments so please uh, leave a comment or get in touch with the blog and uh, and I look forward to hearing what you think all right everyone take care all right Rachel well, a huge thank you for for being here uh, with me today um, sponge chat I uh, i don't even know where to start anymore uh sponge Chat started many 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 well, a long time ago now um and they've evolved into me speaking with subject matter experts people that know their stuff and all sorts of all sorts of things um and i am lucky enough to have you here with me today uh and we're speaking about business and mindset and i'm really looking forward to getting into that um because it's something that's obviously very, very important for you. You're very passionate about. But there are also many people within our industry that are very passionate about these things. Um, but as always, I have a very big question at the start. Who is Rachel?
1: That's such a philosophical question, isn't
0: it? It is, it is isn't it? <laughs> you know,
1: ultimately, whenever anybody answers that question, it's always about the roles that we play rather than who we actually are. Mm. Um, but I'm not going to get into that. Too deep, I think. At the beginning of this, um, I guess um, from that perspective, anyway. From the roles, I've been in ELT for thirty years now, and had quite a few different roles really within ELT. You know, so obviously a teacher, worked in private language schools, worked in an FE college, worked at university, teacher training, um, CELTA, Delta, CELT yl at one point, mm. uh, and then materials writer. Been a manager as well, been a DOS. Um, And, you know, all of that time, I think, has in many ways fed into what I do now because I do really understand the industry very well. Um, And I've also, you know, all the way through, really, I think I've been very interested in helping people solve problems, helping them generate ideas, um, working directly with people, I guess. And, you know, that's why I really love what I'm doing now.
0: That's, um, I mean, you've had many hats then, many, many, many different hats, many, many different roles, as you mentioned. Yeah. And and obviously 30 years is a very long time to be in any sort of industry. Uh, and uh, when we think about sort of the turnover within our industry and unfortunately, how many people leave, Um Quite rare to have someone that's been in, in the industry for such a long time. Um so I call call you when people ask me about oh do, do you know which I say, yes, that's the 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 business mindset queen. That's that's what I call you. That's my that's my 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 label. Um and I don't know if you accept that or not, but perhaps we can uh, think about that. Your your current sort of uh not even a role really, it's your passion. Um How did you move into this and and why? So
1: I think, as I say, I think it's kind of been coming a long time, really. Um, I mean, I actually trained as a counsellor and psychotherapist about 20 years ago.
0: Wow, Okay.
1: Um, And that came about because, well, I think there were two things. I think one was my own kind of experience. So I had a couple of experiences of burnout and I realised after the second time that A lot of this was, I mean, obviously, the people I was working for definitely had some responsibility, but a lot of it was also me, like, you know, people pleasing, wanting to be perfect, um, worrying about what people thought too much, you know, all of that kind of thing definitely led to it. So I kind of started exploring more about learning more about me, really, in the first place. And then also I was a SELTA tutor at that point. And know working with people in in very stressful situations and I had a couple of things like you know where people burst into tears in feedback and and I kind of thought actually you know I've really got people's lives in my hands here I need to understand a bit more about what I'm doing you know not just from a teaching point of view so that was kind of the start in a way of of that side of things of the sort of psychology side Mm. which I started with a six-week introduction course and thought that would be fine and ended up doing three years of training because I just (laughs) found it so interesting, you know? Yeah. And then in terms of of business, um, I think, you know, I've learned a lot myself. Uh, I've been self-employed, had my own business since um, 2008. And I do, you know, I've said this before, but you mentioned like people leaving the business. You know, I just think, on the one hand I love ELT because I think the people in it are great mm. um, and on the other hand I hate it because I think everybody is exploited and overworked and they don't value themselves enough either and um, so I kind of want to change both of those things
0: mm. that's a um, very big mission big objective <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs>
1: just just a little bit yeah
0: just a little bit uh so. Yeah, I mean, you touched on. I I like how you separate that. And I remember in our sort of correspondence before this, Mm -hmm. you said that 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 you they are kind of separate the mindset and then the business aspects there. Mm -hmm. Um, Before we go into some other questions, perhaps I'd like to just go into that element of of burnout and responsibility, Mm -hmm. because actually recently um, one of my teachers, she's sick at the moment, and but it's happened many times with other teachers where, you know, uh, there's my cat for everyone else that he's. playing around
1: um that, a bomb actually but yes
0: yeah <laughs> but uh, my my teachers um and people that i've worked with and, and myself as a teacher as well we often have this idea of like when we're calling in sick a few things have happened one we have this sort of um and i don't think this is just in teaching in general but around the world um you know where we have to go in because we're let the team down or we have to put work before ourselves or, you know, we have to make ourselves sound sufficiently sick in order so that our, our managers um, believe that we're sick. And so I like what you you mentioned about this idea of responsibility. You know, there is there's certainly a part of the ethos of the, the organization, the culture in which everything happens. But there's also that, that personal element there as well. And it seems like that's something that you're trying to change in, in saying... No, you need to take care of yourself first. It's, mm. it's, it's you before work. When perhaps, that I imagine that's quite a difficult task to achieve for some people because we have such a culture of, you know, be the worker. Yeah. Is that, what are your thoughts on that?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think absolutely, you know, teaching is kind of comes under caring professions, I think. And I think within caring professions, it attracts people who care. And obviously that's not a bad thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we do also need to care about ourselves um and um, i mean denise duffield thomas who is a writer about kind of money mindset mostly mm-hmm. but she talks about how and i think particularly when it's your own business but this applies generally that we are kind of like the golden goose and if we don't look after the golden goose it'll stop laying the golden eggs mm-hmm. so you kind of have to do that first because otherwise you are going to end up leaving elt or even making yourself ill or you know you've got to see the bigger picture i think and it's not about being selfish it's it's a practical thing as much as anything.
0: yeah definitely um but i also think that this is where you know obviously you work with a lot of freelancers um Mm -hmm. But perhaps it's something that that managers working in in organisations can take sort of heed of in the sense that you know I think I, I view it as our responsibility to you know if teachers are trying to put themselves before or sorry put work before themselves mm-hmm. we need to say to them you know stop It's mm-hmm. you yeah, know put yourself first first look after your own health so I think there's a shared responsibility there mm-hmm. um, which is quite interesting but thinking about the the business if we if we go back over to the business um, you mentioned that, obviously, you're you're also a business owner, you run your own business, you're, you're self-employed, and you work with people that are in this sort of self-employed world. Mm-hmm. So, so what are, um, well, first of all, what is a business mindset, if we wanted to combine those two? And what are some of the challenges that come with trying to be self-employed, trying to open up your own business within EOT?
1: Uh, So, I mean, I think, yeah, there is, I do kind of separate it in a way because I think, you know, there's all of the business skills and strategies and, you know, understanding how to market yourself and all of that kind of thing. And there's the mindset stuff. But there is also a kind of business mindset, I think, which is about seeing yourself as a business. And that might sound really obvious, but the number of people that I talk to who basically don't, Um, you know they still see themselves as employed in the sense that they don't allow time for running the other aspects of the business so they're they're completely focused on the teaching let's say Um, and they kind of fit in a bit of you know marketing and strategizing here and there like in their spare time almost and then wonder why they feel exhausted Mm-hmm. um you know they're not seeing it as a business or they they're charging the same amount that they used to get paid when they worked for a school mm-hmm. and not kind of thinking well hang on a minute now I've got the overheads that the mm-hmm. school used to have you know so there is that just very basic thing of and lots of people saying to me oh no I'm, I i don't have a business I'm a freelancer and I'm always like yeah you do
0: <laughs> yeah that's uh i've never thought about it like that and also i've i've spoken to a lot of freelancers on these sponge chats and actually a number of times the idea of um being a, a freelancer has come up we've spoken about that mm-hmm. and it's quite interesting the how many of them who are very experienced freelancers mm-hmm. noted these challenges and most of them centers actually on uh in in our conversation focus on the financial aspects of you know understanding that and telling yourself at the right price, if you will. Mm-hmm. Although saying it like that sounds wrong. Um, but uh, yeah, but that, that's quite interesting. And so how, if someone is to view themselves as a business, you know, if you're a freelancer viewing yourself, mm-hmm. I mean, how how do we go about that? What's the, what's the key element there?
1: Well, so I think it is thinking about what are all the different aspects that are involved in running a business. So, you know, there's going to be the whole thing of getting the clients in the first place. So that's going to involve marketing. It's going to involve admin. It's going to involve time to talk to prospective clients, um, selling. Uh, Then, you know, there's things like the I mean, the client admin, full stop. I mean, most again, most people don't really set aside time for that. Mm. Um, They just kind of squeeze it in and they don't come up with systems for it. I mean, especially nowadays, a lot of things can actually be automated. Um, And yet, you know, I mean, I spoke to somebody a while back who had quite a a big successful business where they employed lots of other teachers and they were still doing all of the invoices individually themselves because they were kind of too busy to think about how to make a system to make that better. Do you know what I mean? So some of it is just about stepping back and kind of going like, okay, hang on a minute, you know, this is a business. Mm. I can't necessarily do everything myself, for one thing. And maybe there are better ways of doing this. And I need to give myself time to think about.
0: That. Yeah, that, that's interesting. I mean, obviously, I work in academic management, some of the director of mm. studies of an academy mm. as well. And so deal with all this stuff. Obviously, I, I'm employed to do this by, mm. by my director. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, I obviously don't do everything. We, we share a lot of the responsibilities. Mm. But that idea of of having systems in place is actually one of our kind of uh our mantras to, to make sure mm-hmm. the system's in place and then we keep using the system until the system breaks and then we then we then we're trying to evaluate and find the new system. But there then there needs to be those systems. And so I think that's a very good point. Mm-hmm. Um and also you you mentioned this idea of you know being uh like a freelance or self-employed and stuff. And it's not necessarily just working with yourself at times, you know, that you maybe Employing people, you may be working mm-hmm. with other freelancers, things like that. Mm-hmm. That's, that's something to uh, a big thing to consider as well, I think. Mm-hmm. So, but if there are people that are, so perhaps there are actually. Let's take a step back. Mm-hmm. Why, why would people want to be self-employed? And mm-hmm. and because I'm gonna, I'm gonna, we're gonna go on to sort of the mm-hmm. things they need to consider before being freelance or self-employed or starting their own business. But what's the the reason to be self-employed? I mean, I know there are many, but perhaps we could talk about a few.
1: Yeah, no, sure. I mean, I actually did a survey into this um, a Mm. couple of years ago. And the biggest one by far was freedom and flexibility. Hmm. Okay. So it wasn't for most people about the money. I mean, I think you can definitely earn more as a freelancer than being Mm. self-employed. But the biggest thing was just having that... Um, ability if you like to be able to decide okay you know I'm going to take this time off or I'm going to be able to go and see my kids school play or you know all of those sorts of things which I think is a huge advantage which is why it's so ironic in a way that that's why people go freelance and then they take on like so much work at such a low rate that they actually can't do any of those things (laughs)
0: right yeah yeah
1: yeah you know they often end up much more overloaded than they were previously Mm. in their job so you know i think that is something definitely to think about um and then i think the other reason can be and perhaps should be to have more control over your income
0: Mm. yeah
1: you know because you really can um you have potential let's say in a way that you don't in a job
0: yeah so, if if those are perhaps two or the or three really of the big reasons there, freedom, flexibility, and perhaps control over the income. Yeah. Um, if 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 they want that, if people want this, um, and they're looking to to bigger than what are the main considerations? And you've already mentioned one, and that's you know perhaps that's actually mentioning too, taking on work but taking on the right work, um, at the right price, I suppose. Um, What are some other considerations that should probably in the minds of people looking to to take on or to be self-employed or to go freelance? I
1: mean, I do think to a degree, there is a kind of personality that's more suited to it, if you like. You know, I think some people just really don't want to be bothered with having to think about all of these things. And they would rather just, you know, go in, do their job, the salary Um, and absolutely you know no judgment at all I, i think if that suits you you should that's probably what you should be doing and that whereas i think some people um do kind of enjoy the possibilities and the challenge and the the fact that you can change things and you know come up with an idea and then implement it and you have I suppose that's part of the freedom for some people and so I think if you're that kind of person you're probably going to be happier working for yourself than being in a sort of nine to five um in terms of sort of other things to think about I do think practically I mean I'm not you know one of these coaches that is kind of yeah you know go freelance and within six weeks you'll be earning six figures and you know because it kind of doesn't usually work that way um (laughs) it takes time for sure and so I think well I mean it takes time I mean I think it is possible I'm sure that there are you know ELT freelancers who are earning six figures in fact I know there are but I would say for most people it's not going to be about that it's going to be about having a good income um, that is more under your control if you like but to get there does take a bit of time and effort and trying things out so I think I would generally recommend either have like a financial cushion before you start right or do it gradually I mean that's what I did you know I was I was kind of working five days a week and then four and then three you know and then took the leap
0: and before you took that leap then um were there still things that you were sort of anxious about um worried about or because you've done it so gradually over time uh you like okay no this is going to be successful it's going to be fine
1: it's an element of you know will this be okay but the fact of the matter is that nothing is ever certain you know so you can be made redundant from your job um overnight do you know what i mean at least with a business if things are not working you can see it coming and do something about it yeah um, you know, I actually feel I mean, I definitely have wobbly moments regularly, but I generally feel much more secure um with things under my own control, yeah, you no, know, because I mean, like over at the pandemic, I mean, I lost I lost the writing work I was supposed to be doing, and I lost ninety percent of my royalty income mm-hmm. like pretty much overnight. Um, so, you know, I don't know what that would be, like my income dropped by about ninety five percent overall um whereas I was able to kind of then go right okay so I'm going to start this group program I'm going to you know and I could do something about it
0: yeah yeah
1: so you know we don't ever have complete control because that's life but you have more as a freelancer I think rather than less
0: Thanks okay yeah obviously the pandemic showed a lot of people that how uh unstable at times even stable places can be you know when there's when there's when there's crises um i want to go back to a point that you mentioned about this idea of personality um and that, uh, obviously we're both probably thinking anyone could could do it if they have the right skills and things like that mm-hmm. but thinking about the people that are successful at it um are there a certain and it's not just personality but perhaps characteristics mm-hmm. that, that they display i'm probably thinking things like they're they're quite proactive they're um they're they're able to deal with perhaps stress um are there other other sort of characteristics that you throw into the pool there
1: well i think it's more about dealing with uncertainty than necessarily dealing with stress because you okay. can you kind of manage stress better as a freelancer mm-hmm. because you can kind of think right i'm going for a nap or I'm going out for a walk or do you know what i mean you've got you again you've got that more control yeah um but it is a bit scarier because it's sort of all on your shoulders. So I think, I think you have to, I mean, I've I've written, I wrote a, no, I did a video about this recently about something called strategic mindset. Mm-hmm. Um, and that I do think is like really key um, because strategic mindset is not just being able to kind of come up with strategies, but it's about recognizing that essentially everything's like a series of experiments and not not being too attached to them working necessarily okay because sometimes they will and sometimes they won't mm. and that's okay kind of thing so i think if you're the kind of person that massively beats yourself up if everything isn't perfect I'm not saying you can't run your own business but you're going to find it a bit more painful more painful yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah. So i think just seeing it as I'm going to try this out. I'm going to see what happens. And I also, another big thing I talk about a lot is having like a minimum viable product, as they say. You know, so don't kind of set yourself up by spending a year, you know, creating something and then find out that actually nobody wants it. Mm-hmm. You know, start yeah, with yeah. small things. In fact, generally start with small things and small steps is is the way to go.
0: Yeah, yeah. I suppose that um that's probably a good reason why to do things gradually or to do to work in an area where you're familiar with it. I mean, I know a mm-hmm. lot of teacher educators, they generally move into freelance teacher, teacher because they have the experience of teacher educating. Materials mm-hmm. writers, they start out, you know, at the same time working mm-hmm. and then materials writing, and then they kind of gradually go mm-hmm. there. Um, but I, I like the idea of the MVP. It's, uh, it's an mm-hmm. important concept to keep in mind. Mm-hmm. Um, I suppose with all of this though, uh, comes this 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 idea of money. Uh, now, one of the questions that I wrote to you was, you know, is is money a dirty word, and should we be talking about it more? Um, often, you know, in 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 conversations with friends, you know, there's this kind of unwritten or unspoken rule that kind of you don't speak about money, um, and I'm not sure if I agree with that. Um, so I'd like to hear your perspective on that.
1: Well, you know, I mean, for me, it's like saying, oh, we shouldn't talk about food. You know, like, oh, no. I mean, I know we all have to eat, but, oh, it's a bit, you know, de classe to talk about food, isn't it? Mm. You know, it's just, it's ridiculous, really, I think. Or we shouldn't talk about air or sunshine or, do you know what I mean? Money is a basic fact in our life. Mm. It's a form of exchange. You know, we happen to use money. We could be bartering still. Mm. <laughs> I mean, it' like it's the same thing, really. So this I I also feel that the kind of people often who encourage us not to talk about money are the ones who actually don't want us to have any. Um, mm. And, you know, it's like, oh, no, I don't want you to discuss what you're being paid with your colleagues or you know with, with other yeah. people on your writing project or well i wonder why not could that be because we might find out things that would make you know life awkward for you yeah. um, no we should definitely be talking about money
0: mm. um you mentioned this idea of transparency mm. uh and i can imagine that many employers listening to this or, or watching this thinking mm, but how do i how do I deal with that? Because obviously there are people that are paid more, there are people paid mm-hmm. less, there are people more qualified, there are people with more experience, there are people mm-hmm. that have been in the company longer. Um and obviously I'm thinking more of a, a company context, but also mm-hmm. if if it's a if the freelancer or the self-employed person is the is the manager of this business. Mm-hmm. Should there be transparency at all levels? Um, mm-hmm. and if so, or if not, why why or why not?
1: Well, I mean, ultimately it's all in negotiation,
0: you know, because mm.
1: negotiation is not a is not just about what happens when you sit in the room and decide on your salary or mm. you know, whatever that context may be. And obviously it's in the interest of the people who are paying the money to keep that as low as possible. And that's fine, you know. Mm. Um from their perspective, I can see why that's why they would want to be doing that. But from our perspective it's the other way around so you know we don't have to accept what works against us I guess is what I'm saying but also they don't have to accept what works against them we have to try and find a compromise probably yeah that works for both of us Um, but you know I think when you see this is I mean I don't really talk that much about jobs because I work with freelancers but when I see adverts for jobs that don't tell you what they pay it absolutely infuriates me and I you know I've experienced the same thing from publishers as well where you know they want you to spend a week writing a sample but they won't tell you what the job's going to pay and it's just it's insane yeah like you know, why would I invest a week of my time only to then be told that it, it's a ridiculous figure yeah. that I can't possibly live on you know we've we've got to change some of these things I think
0: yeah yeah I completely agree um and uh, that's one of the things that we, we make sure that, obviously, as, as a director of studies, we will look for teachers every year. And over the past few years, we, we've changed our approach, our tack to that. And one of the things that we do now is make it very explicit, the range of, of salary that we have mm-hmm. um, and all the benefits and all the responsibilities that come with that. Um, because I do think it is important to have an idea of what you're going to apply for beforehand, mm-hmm. but also for the, for the managers. Um, <laughs> You don't want to get to go through all that process and then have someone say no because you're not offering the right amount of money or there's mm-hmm. too many responsibilities or um you know these sorts of things so i think that that's transparency is clear especially at that stage mm-hmm. um and in the world of freelancing that's a uh, quite an important element within your sort of like the how you're sifting through all of the jobs possible jobs right so mm-hmm. and in saving you time or even all that work, as you mentioned, that's quite an important thing to consider. Um, would you say that it's commonplace for freelancers to find jobs where the price is ad- or the price, the the fee that's going to be paid is advertised, or is it less common?
1: I think I still think there's a tendency not to say what it is. And you know, it, I mean, it's about trying to hook people in. So that they feel that they've already, you know, it's the sunk cost fallacy. And they've already put this effort in. So therefore, they might as well take it, if you like.
0: Mm.
1: And, you know, that's a strategy. But I I would like people to be aware of that, I guess. Yes,
0: um, good point. So yeah. that
1: they can counter it. Um, yeah. But it, yes, I think it is still quite common as a as a strategy. But it's not one I like.
0: Mm-hmm. Yes, I don't like it. <laughs> um. All right, so let's think about um your brand, uh, building your own brand, and uh, this is something that you talk about a lot online. Um, you you have your courses that you you work with, with coaching in this. What what are some pieces of advice? I know you can't give us everything. Um, but what are a few pieces of advice that you have for people who are considering to build their own brand? That they're, they're considering building their own brand. They want to build themselves into something more Uh, what have we got what can we do
1: so you know I think there are I think there's kind of two different strands to this in a way so I think there are the people who want to continue working for other companies Mm. but in a freelance way and then there are the people who want to kind of produce their own thing whether that's teaching Students or providing training courses or being consultants or, you know, whatever. So they're slightly different approaches. What they have in common, I think, is that they both need to be really clear about who it is that is kind of like their ideal um, client, if you like, and what that ideal client is really looking for. So, you know, if and, and why they're a good match, obviously. So, you know, if we're talking about a writer who wants work from publishers, then I think it's about working out, well, what kind of publishers do you want to work with? What kind of material do you really want to be known for? And that doesn't mean that you can't write other things, but if you become a bit of a specialist, I think you're just much more likely to be referred and remembered and um, get more work basically as a result and the good thing about getting more work is not necessarily even doing more work but having more options
0: Mm.
1: because I do often speak to people who are like well you know it's really not a good rate but I haven't got anything else on the horizon you know and they're just waiting like a little baby bird for things to drop into their mouth you know so I think that getting yourself out there can help with that so that you have more choice basically and then if you want to set up your own thing then it's about all of that plus working out, well, what is that thing? What do they really want? Right. What's going to help them? And then how can I actually market
0: that? Yeah. So then if, okay, so obviously, someone could start their own academy, someone could start their own language teaching organization, their own language company, that's fine. Um, And I, I, I suppose that has comes with its own sort of stuff, but a freelancers for like materials writing and all the other shebang that comes with EOT, Is it finding your niche then? Well,
1: I'm a big fan of that, I have to say, because, you know, people often think that this is about limiting what you do and they don't want to do it um, as a result of that because they think, oh, no, well, you know, maybe I won't get enough work and maybe I'll get bored with doing the same thing. Um, But it's not really about that because, um, well, in terms of getting enough work, I think we're still coming to understand that I mean the world is a very different place than it was 20 years ago Mm. and the number of potential employers slash clients out there is massive you know because it used to kind of be you had a contact at one publisher and you know that was kind of where your work came from and it's Mm. just not like that anymore Um, and then I think I've lost my train of thought now Um, what was the question again no we're
0: talking about finding your niche
1: Uh, okay yes so so that's the first thing and the second thing is you know it's all niche is all about marketing
0: Mm, it's
1: all about what you want people to know you for to remember you for to refer you for it's not necessarily about what you're actually doing you know so you can have a particular niche but you can still do whatever you like
0: yeah okay it
1: doesn't mean you're not allowed to do anything
0: else. Yeah, yeah, I like that. Don't box yourself in,
1: mm. you know,
0: personally. Still have that niche, still advertise yourself, still market yourself, mm-hmm. but still be open to to other, other, other things. Yeah. Interesting. And obviously, we're talking about advice here. And so people can do that. They have that thing. They need to make it clear to themselves. But if they're looking for support in that, perhaps they're looking for uh, more of a coaching element in there, um, we know that you have uh, your, your courses online, um, so you've got the, the Earn, Learn, Thrive, um, and then you have uh, your your coaching sessions. Can you talk us a little bit about that if someone's uh, looking for some more information?
1: Sure, yeah. So, you know, basically, I mean, there's a lot of information out there. You can read books, you can look, watch YouTube videos. Um, and I think, you know, the reason why you would come and do my group program would be because you want, to have helped kind of work out what of that is actually relevant to you specifically what will work within an ELT context which obviously is something I know a lot about Um, and then you also want help with implementing it and actually doing it and being sort of you know guided through that process and having somebody that you can kind of go oh what do I do now or help I don't quite understand this or And it's not just me, um, because it's a group programme. You've also got support from the other people on the programme. And, you know, it can be quite lonely running your own business. Um, So having that kind of, you know, support from a group of people who've all got, you know, relatively similar goals and experiences, I think is really helpful. And then, of course, that's where the mindset stuff comes back in as well, because... You know, we're all going to come up against worrying that perhaps, you know, we're not as good as everybody else or perhaps we're charging too much or, you know, all of these things. And and being able to work through that as well can really help people to make progress on something that perhaps they've been thinking about for a long time, but just not really ever doing.
0: Yeah. Mm interesting well I, I do hope i'll put links to um obviously to, to to your site in the blog post and so i hope that people uh uh come and come come and speak with you because i have actually spoken to a, a lot of people that have done your courses and have worked mm-hmm. with you and they've spoken very positively of them and obviously all of them are freelancers they have their own business and, and things like that and in fact you can see the changes i'm not going to name names here but you can mm-hmm. see the changes in their approach to uh what you say marketing mm-hmm. making themselves known um you know, th- through the th- through the, the world of social media and things mm. like that there's a, there's a distinct difference there um and which is you know which is obviously really positive so that, that's really nice to say um we come to the last section of sponge chats and i always say it's my favorite because i love books and i can see it's very rare that i that i'm jealous of the bookshelf. like i have loads of books in my house and I had these bookshelves and they're all full of other things. And I look at your bookshelves <laughs> and I, I am, I immediately filled with jealousy. I'm like, Oh my God, they're amazing. So uh, my, my question is, what book recommendations do you have for those looking to do either to get better in business mm-hmm. or to developing the right mindset? Mm-hmm. Okay.
1: So, um, I was thinking, I mean, there are quite a lot of books. I think it does depend on what you're struggling with. Mm-hmm. So um, in terms of money mindset, um, I would recommend Denise Duffield-Thomas. Um, she's just renamed her like core book, and it's now called Chill and Prosper. It was the um, chilled <laughs> entrepreneur, I think, before. She's She's a little bit woo-woo, which isn't to everybody's taste. But the messages that she has in that book really can be quite life changing. She kind of makes you go, oh, yeah, I had not thought about it that way. You know, so I really I really recommend that one um, in terms of marketing and messaging. I think um, it would have to be building a story brand um, by Donald Miller. And I I did a post about that um, last month, actually, um, on May the 4th, you know, Star Wars Day. Because he he talks about because he talks a lot about how we can use stories to get messages across and but also to understand things ourselves. And one of the things he says, which was a real light bulb moment for me when I read it, was he said, you know, people think that when they're running their business or marketing their business that they're Luke Skywalker, you know, that they're kind of the hero and but they're not, they're Yoda, right? And the <laughs> client is is Luke Skywalker, and our job is you know, to be the guide, yeah, not not to be the hero, mm, and okay. actually that helps yeah. people a lot. I find because a lot of people within E.L.T. don't want to be the hero. They don't want to be, you know, like bragging, as they would put it on social media, or and if you can yeah. reposition that, which it genuinely is, as you're guiding people, you're helping people, mm. that's much more comfortable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then the third one, (laughs) which is a book which I I really love, and again, I think it's potentially life-changing, is um, The Big Leap by Gay Hendricks. And he talks about, um, I mean, there's lots of ideas in there, but one of the key ideas is that we make, like, this self-imposed glass ceiling for ourselves. And that when we get close to it, we will find ways to make sure that we don't go beyond it, we don't go beyond it. I you know and it's so true when you think about it you know it's like he says um most people who win the lottery end up back where they started because they just kind of can't cope with having that money yeah. you know and I think we all have a bit of that and once you see it you start to see yourself doing it like oops I've forgotten to do this thing that could actually make a huge difference to my business I wonder what that is You know. Yeah. So it that's
0: a great book, I think, okay, I'll have to check them out. I mean, these <laughs> are three books that I haven't uh that haven't been recommended. Of course, we haven't really spoken about this on mm-hmm. uh yet and and my myself, I haven't actually looked at them, so I'm looking forward to to digging a little bit deeper. I have a mm-hmm. uh, um but uh, and i'll put I'll put links uh, to all of them there in in the, in the blog post for those that are interested right. um. You mentioned um, this idea of glass ceiling, and it's just that this is a, a, a random question that's just come to me now. I remember we saw each other at IETF, and um, you were out with with the people that had been part of your uh, your, your cohorts, if we we'll call them that. Um, and I was I was shocked to see that they were all women, <laughs> and I'm uh, I wonder if this taking on this mindset can be in it, because if you look at education in general. Um, you know, there's a staggering amount of, of, of female presence. Yet, if you look at the perhaps the um, the leaders or the, the the managers, it's obviously not a lot of them are focused in, in in female positions. Do you think this this idea of business and mindset can be empowering to the women in our industry?
1: Yeah, I think definitely. There, you know, obviously as you say, there are a lot of women within E L T. And so that can always be part of like what's happening, if you know what I mean. But it is noticeable definitely, that the men tend to um do better if that's that's the way to put it. I do I do work with men, by the way. Um, I do but I would say that it's probably about five percent, right. Uh, and I don't think that that is representative probably of the industry as a whole, although I haven't looked into it. And I think it's partly because of the way that I approach things. So there's a term like bro marketing. Okay. I'm um, <laughs> across that, but you know, it's all of this kind of, you know, men leaning back on Lamborghinis, you know, talking about multiple six figures, blah, blah. Okay. Um, I don't do that kind of thing. Um, yeah. And so I think I'm not saying all men are attracted by that kind of thing, but some are for sure. Um And I do quite a lot of work on mindset. And I think women are often a bit more open to that. So men have mindset blocks too, for sure. Of course. But they don't necessarily want to admit to it or talk about it. I think women are a bit more open to that, perhaps.
0: Yeah. yeah, But yes,
1: I mean, I think, you know, I think it is helping, hopefully. Certainly those people, I know it's helped.
0: Interesting, yeah. It was just a, an odd thought that I had, and um, obviously I'm I'm doing a lot of reading at the moment in, on management and uh, looking at some of the differences between men and women in management and running businesses and things like mm-hmm. that. Uh, and it's quite interesting looking at this, and it seems that the, the, your courses or this idea of that can be quite empowering to a lot of people, not only women but men in, mm-hmm. men women in general, but certainly women um but uh, anyway i'll leave links and everyone can go check you out and they can continue this discussion further uh with you at a later date um well rachel thank you very much for your time today it's been an absolute pleasure and i look forward to another sponge chat in the future seeing you at ie who knows right
1: who knows indeed no it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you as well
0: Hi, right, rachel cheers bye